I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Hi, welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. And this is Kate. And we have an exciting episode. It's a totally different topic for you today. And it's a topic that my husband happens to be really gifted at, and he has special skills in this area. And it is about playing the points game with credit cards and travel. So two years ago now, we went on a one-month honeymoon to Dubai, Thailand, and the Maldives. And that should have been like, I don't know. It sh- I mean, it should have been like an exorbitant amount of money, but because Mike knows how to transfer points and use the loyalty programs and all the rewards, we were able to get that for way, way, way less than it would be if you had paid retail. And we're always getting upgraded, and I am just the beneficiary of Mike playing the points game, but a lot of people have come to us lately asking about it because they see how we travel and they're like, how do you guys do that? And so we thought we'd do an episode on it. So, hon, let's just start with when did you first get into this? To update you on the honeymoon real fast and I'll answer that question. (laughs) This isn't accurate because we ended up getting a free business class. So that was kind of a nice plus. This would have been an additional $10,000 Basically, our cost for our entire honeymoon was around 10000 That does not include food or any of that stuff at the destinations, but basically just from the travel and stay in the hotels and all that stuff. And the retail cost would have been about 40000 So It's amazing. Yeah. 50000 if you count the business class that we got on the way home. Well, no, that included that. Oh, that included so it would have okay. been over 40000 I will actually go through because I just found the spreadsheet why you just brought that. When you said that, I brought it up and looked at it. And I will actually go pull it up. So I got into travel probably after talking to... We went to the World Domination Summit with Chris Gillibo. You're wearing the World Domination Summit t-shirt today, which is kind of funny. Oh, I am. Shout out to Chris Gillibo and the World Domination Summit. So when we went there and I learned... Number one, I... Well, okay, let's back up a second. What really started it down this pathway is that I got obsessed with luxury. Like, I am... It's out of control. Like, and it's crazy of a, how obsessed I, I became with status. And it overtook my life to maintain status for airline travel and hotels. I never wanted to be... Because I remember flying when I was in my 20s or teens, and you walk by all the people in first class, and you go sit in economy. And I was like, why can't I sit in first class? Like, what do I have to do to get in first class? So then I started becoming obsessed with status and getting in first class. And then my dream still is to have private aviation somehow. I don't know what that looks like or how that will play out. I, and I've never been on a private plane or even like a helicopter or anything like that. So that's a desire and a dream that I still have to do. And this is not a, like, this was not healthy obsession with status. This was spending more money than we needed to spend to do certain activities like flying first class or whatever that may be instead of using the points that I've learned how to do this better. It's a little bit easier when you travel by yourself or with someone with just Kate, like when the two of us, but now you add a family into it. Now it adds a whole different ball game because now it's an additional expense. When I'm traveling by myself, it's my self expense. So yeah, it became this crazy obsession about flying with the first class and status and staying in super luxurious hotels 
All right. So that's how it kind of started. And that's, I would say that's the unhealthy relationship with it. And then I remember this was like a couple of years ago when I turned to you and I was like, okay, I'm going to let it go. Maybe a no, year and a half ago. Earlier this year. No. Yeah. It had to be last year. It was last year. Maybe it was late last year. Okay. Maybe it was December. It was so, definitely not more than a year ago. Right. We were with Penelope and I just realized I was like, I have to let this obsession go because what I realized is I was doing what I desired to do from the travel perspective, but it's not like it made me happier, right? It's not like it added, it was nice. It was luxurious. It was a bonus, but I wasn't like my life didn't automatically become better because of this crazy obsession that I had. You can talk about, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know if you want to add on to that. Oh, I mean, it just, it (laughs) mostly I didn't notice, but then you would get obsessed about like, I'm just going to go for 24 hours down to, Virginia or something so that I can get these points to status or whatever. And I was like, now this is actually becoming ridiculous. Like getting on airplanes that you don't need to get on so that you can reach a certain level to me is really not a good use of time. Right. So, yeah. So it was definitely, I was thrilled when you said you were going to let it go, but what's great is you have let it go in terms of the obsession piece, but you still keep track of all of our points and our loyalty rewards. And, you know, we're going to London next week and the whole thing, flight and hotel and everything, I think is costing a thousand bucks. Right. I can, which is pretty amazing. So it's like, let's talk about that trip. You know, let's give people the nitty gritty of how do you, right. So I will talk about, so that was the nasty, that was like the bad obsession. I think we have to learn and grow from where we are. But the one thing, that I realize, which I still like luxurious travel. I still like first class and I still like staying in hotels that are upgraded and amazing, right? And getting all the amenities and all of that stuff. And so that's awesome too, because when I look at, but now how can I do that? Cause it's also what's my lifestyle right now, right? There are people, and I will mention some of them today because this has been helpful for me that do take random trips to different places like Kate just shared to get status qualified on airlines, et cetera, for what their life is. But my life, I currently have a 21-month-old baby, and then you and I are now traveling a lot less than we used to, and we're staying at home a lot more. So for me to try to keep up status on like an airline or something like that is crazy. But yes, what Kate just shared is we are going to London. So I'll kind of give you, I'm going to just share with you two or three trips that I've just booked recently And my goal is now, I went to a frequent traveler university, and this is a thing. It's called frequent traveler university, and they have a beginner one, and they have an advanced one. And I was sitting next to this lady, and this is kind of what got me down this path. And I'm definitely going to attend one of these again, because I still need to kind of understand a little bit more. I understand, let's say on a scale of like an expert level, and then a complete beginner that has no idea what they're doing. Let's say that's on a scale of one to 10, where 10 is being the complete expert. That would be somebody like thepointsguy.com or Chris Gillibo from Travel Hacking Cartel. And we'll talk more about that here in a second. I would say I'm like a five or six, truthfully, of where my knowledge is. But the knowledge that I know at the level of five or six, we're going to London. Kate and I are going to London. We are flying Virgin Premium Economy. So it's a little bit upgraded from traditional economy. There's only two seats. So you and I sit next to each other. And that is all paid for besides the taxes, which are crazy paid for with points paid for with points yeah this is the total trip of i'll tell you the total cost of this trip but basically like going over there and we're flying the premium economy which and then we're gonna 
when you go to the airport, I'll ask for an upgrade to business class. And usually it'll cost a little bit of money. So if it's like a hundred bucks or $200, we'll just decide right there if we're going to do it or not. Because I always ask for upgrades when I go to the airport. So stuff like that. So that's premium economy paid for on points for both Kate and I hotel for four nights. We're over there for four nights paid for on points at a $650 a night hotel, which most likely because we have status with Starwood, we will be upgraded to probably an 800 to $900 a night room paid for on points. And then we also have the flight back, which is first class on Delta paid for on points. Okay. So the only thing that is paid on this entire trip that we have booked minus food and the expenditures there. It's costing us $1,000, and that $1,000 is the taxes that Virgin Atlantic charges when you have to go to Europe. So that's pretty cool. And that is basically, I mean, that's a couple thousand dollar trip, like five or six or seven thousand dollar trip right there. The trip I just booked to Ellicottville, New York was for the three of us. And I'll just share these three examples, and then you guys kind of get an idea of what I'm talking about here. For Kate, myself, the Airline fares rise. They're higher in the summer than they are the rest of the year, besides around like Christmas and New Year's and stuff. But basically, it was going to be $1,800 for Kate and myself and Penelope to fly from Portland, Maine to Buffalo, New York round trip. Like that was the cheapest I could find out to get it down to, which is crazy, crazy. So what's it end up costing us ended up being $400. I was able to cover... So that was going to be six total tickets. I was able to cover five of those tickets on points, and one of them had to be paid for by myself. And then the other, then that was 330 some bucks. But then as you're using points on some of the airlines, like a $5 charge or something like that. And then I also ended up getting an additional 15,000 bonus points that allowed us to book all of this. So that was pretty cool. And then the last trip that I have here for you to share, basically we're going to a wedding in September. And even like I just listed here, the USANA convention is all paid for on points except for one trip. So regardless, so we understand what I'm talking about, like in our hotel in USANA, our hotel at Salt Lake City is a five, let's see, one, two, three, four, five nights, and it's all paid for on points. So like the last two years, last three years, Kate and I have gone to USANA's convention, which is a five-day event, basically, four or five-day event, and we go for free. Because the flights out are covered on points and then all of this stuff is covered on points. So how did I start coming down this path is that I went to this frequent traveler university and I was sitting next to this woman who has three children. She's like 60. I think she was like 60 years old, 65 years old or something. And her and her husband are both retired. They own a business. They're getting ready to sell it. So I said, what are your goals? Like, do you care to get status on all of these places, et cetera? Just like... You know, at that moment, I had status on American Airlines. We had Starwood Point status. We had for the hotels, all this stuff. And she goes, no. She goes, I don't care. I just want to get enough points that each year I can take my family to like a big international trip like two or three times a year. And then I taught my kids how to do this. So literally, they're paying their own way on points. And then I basically cover the hotels or something when we're over there. So that was a much smarter, and that's what really changed this conversation in my head about, okay, let go of like the individual status from year to year. Now, how can you maximize the trip on points, right? And how to get all these trips paid for. So I kind of broke this down into, uh, does that answer your question, Kate? I want to make sure that. 
Yeah. Now I think people are probably just wondering, like, well, how the heck do you do this? Okay, great. Well, that's why I, I broke that into four steps. Good lead in, Kate. That was good. I like it. And I just want to, what do you think about all this, Kate? Like, do you care about all this? I'm so grateful that you do it. If it were up to me, I just like, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around it. Yeah, just like, I mean, of course I had frequent flyer miles before you, but you get such satisfaction out of like tweaking it and like, you know, making it work. And I love that. And I'm so grateful that I get to be the benefactor of that. Cause honestly, like if it were up to me, we'd never do this. Our travel budget would be so much higher cause I would just pay for them, the flights. Yeah. So, and this comes down to, cause my skill set, right. Is in this, like paying attention to this and kind of figuring that out. And Kate's not so much. So, this might not be your skill set, but I'm going to teach you how to start small. Like even so, this would be like me teaching Kate how to do this is how I put this together. So it makes sense because this can get complicated. Like we have between the two of us, probably 10 open credit cards, maybe, you know, and so we only use like four per month out of those, but it's a lot. And then we're opening and closing cards every year. And Kate doesn't manage any of this stuff. That's what I tell her to do. So, cause I've learned how to use the credit card signup point bonuses, which I'll talk about that here in a second in more detail. But like, that is one of those things where that gets a little bit more complicated, but what I want to do is keep it simple. And then I'll give you like a couple advanced strategies that we have used that make sense. So Basically, okay, so here, just the overall perspective, right? So I just want to kind of give you a little bit of a rundown regarding airlines and hotels from my understanding. And this is a super basic. Remember, I said I'm on, a, I'm like on a five out of the 10 of an expert. So almost every airline and hotel has loyalty programs. So regardless, if you're only flying on like JetBlue once a year, you sign up for their loyalty program or Delta, or American Airlines. And you might be listening to this in a different country. So whatever your airline is in that country, is make sure you sign up for their loyalty programs because this is where the points come from that I'm going to talk about. All right, and so what, just kind of, this is, so we're going to go step one is what your game plan is. Step two is really your clear financial picture. Step three would be the types of points. Step four is when booking a trip, what I actually do and how I actually make this thing work and then manage all of our points. So number one, what airlines are we using frequently? What hotels might you be staying at frequently? If you stay at a lot of Holiday Inns, Holiday Inn has their own frequent, you know, the traveler program. If you're staying in Starwood of Elements, Alofts, if you're staying Hilton's, Hyatt's, whatever that may be, they all have their own loyalty program. So you want to make sure you sign up for those. Same thing with the airline. So just get on that, whether it's Southwest or JetBlue or Delta or American, whatever that may be in your local area, is you want to make sure you're, and you're signed up for all of them. So what I have is I just have a Google spreadsheet in my Google area that has both myself, Kate, and Penelope. And I've also signed up my daughter on all of these any airline that we travel i make sure that i enter her number because a lot of these now programs don't expire like the points don't expire so like penelope could be 18 years old with a million points right add in her thing but really with a lot of family pooling options now now i'm just using her points because she's you know 21 months old so those are the things you want to pay attention to when it says what your game plan is so that comes to the status program so i have been platinum status with american airlines i was two years in a row now i'm currently mosaic status which is the top tier on JetBlue. that'll expire at the end of the year and then also we have had platinum status or gold status with starwood properties for the last five years 
and w- this is our third year being platinum status. So what that means is that we stay at Starwood properties as frequently as we possibly can, just because we get upgraded usually when we're there, and there's perks and bonuses, especially when you travel outside the country, outside domestically United States. You get all of these offers. So this is kind of... So I strategically plan, not so much for the airlines anymore. Now I'm like, how do I get to the place I need to go with the points that we currently have and how can I make those work? So that's my travel game plan when it comes to airlines. But when it comes to hotels or we're staying in a hotel and we'll most likely switch in the future to more Airbnb. So we're not 100% sure what that's going to look like you know, in our travel. Each year we think about that a little bit differently. But like right now, anytime we go anyplace, because we get so many Starwood points, I like to stay in Starwood properties. So that's what keeps the status going. So if you're staying in a lot of hotels, look at staying in one chain brand, You know, if that's a Marriott or whatever that may be. And now Starwood is owned by Marriott. So that allows you to continue to get the benefits of staying in properties frequently if that's what you end up doing. So those are just frequent travelers. And some of the people that I'll talk about, like Chris Gillibo and the points guy, they're crazy. They have like top tier status with so many other things. So you want to get clear on what your game plan is you would like to do with your points. So would that be because I know some people use their points and just get cash back. Well, that's fine. But I also feel like that's a lot of there's And from the documents and the stuff I've read, that's actually a waste of your points because there is a point dollar ratio. So for a thousand points, it equals this many cents, right? And the points guy has monthly valuations. For those of you that like to do, you just go to thepointsguy.com and he has monthly valuations so you can figure out what your points dollar ratio are. But like for the majority of people that I've talked to, I'm just going to speak to this podcast as someone who wants to travel more and will reduce the cost of traveling. So that's what we're going to put this together. So you think about getting to an airplane, you know, taking an airplane, going to a destination or whether it's a train, a plane and going to a destination and spending less money being able to do that to go on vacation. That's what we're going to I'm going to direct this conversation to. But before I drop into how this actually works, I want to talk on number two, which I haven't talked about a lot when it comes to the points game and i noticed that a lot of points people don't talk about this so i just want to be very clear on this step number two would be you got to get clear on what your current financial picture is before we start diving into this it is very 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 important that you take your financial life very seriously because this is not something to mess around with and for you to get the maximum benefits because the reason i have 10 credit cards open right now or whatever that number may be that I can't, I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's because I got very clear on my financial picture and cleaned it up. So we're going to talk about credit cards and we're going to talk about how to use the points and et cetera and what to do with that. But if you're not clear on what your current financial picture is, none of this makes any difference to you and you're not able to do better at this. And the last thing you want to do is keep putting yourself in debt because we're going to talk about credit card sign-up bonus strategies, etc. And you don't want to put yourself in debt just to get 30,000 points. Like That doesn't make any sense, and it's not doing yourself any service whatsoever. So make sure that you really have to get serious on what your clear financial picture is, because it's only better for you when you are putting just living your life, whether it's points or not points. It's just being taking it very 
seriously. And like, if you're not looking at your credit card statements, if you're not looking at your bank accounts weekly, if you're not looking at whatever you're looking at, you know, though, when it comes to your finance, if you don't even know how much money is running through your household, like if you don't know where the expenditures are, it is time to change that reality. All right. It's time to change it and get very clear on what your actual true financial picture is. All right. Kate's book, Money, A Love Story. Great resource. I'm going to plug it. Oh, little plug for Kate's book. So Money Love Story, the audio book, as well as there's a written book that does that. We also have a course called themoneylovecourse.com that helps with this. And these are three great resources to start getting clear on what that financial picture is. Because all the information I'm going to share from this point going forward does not matter if you're not able, if you're not comfortable with spending $5 and worried about whether it's going to go through or not, if you're trying to check out at the grocery store, right? We have to get much more comfortable with our financial spend and what we're actually doing in our income and expenses, not just spending, but also just the money that we're currently making. And that's, yeah, I just want to be very upfront and clear with that because it's a serious business. And people were like, well, I can't do that, Mike. I got, if you have credit card debt, work on paying that off, you know, and really get clear on that before we move forward, then come back and listen to this because credit cards aren't going away. It's a billion trillion dollar industry and it's just how as a consumer because the way i look at it is there are tools that i can use as a consumer to build my business to make my life a little bit better and that i am using a credit card that the credit card companies don't like right what does that mean is that i'm getting the benefits of what they're offering but i'm paying it off every month so they're not gaining interest they're not making money on me using directly from me they are making money Somehow they're probably selling information and all that stuff down the line, but that's another story. But basically they're not getting, they're not making money off Kate and I because we pay our credit cards off monthly, but we're benefiting from the points game and what we're actually using via the credit card spend to benefit us as consumers. Is that cool? Is there any, you have anything to add to that, Kate? Well, I just want to add because I have to, if you are in a situation where you're in debt and you're not clear on your financial picture, it's okay. Like I've been there. Mike has been there. So sometimes Mike's intensity can sound a little, it just can be really intense. So I just want you to know, like we have no judgment about that, but now is a great time to clean it up because life gets easier when you do. True. Yeah. Thank you for, I'll be softer next time. Please clean up your financial pick. No, I'm just kidding. No, but that is true. Like I, I'm, it is a serious game, and it's okay if I've been there. You know, I had thirty-two thousand dollars in credit cards, and I was not doing much to pay it off. And then when I took it seriously, I, it went away quickly, and eighty thousand dollars in student loans. So it's like, and Kate had over twenty thousand dollars in credit cards. Like we've both been there. All right, so now the types of points that we're going to talk about here on this podcast and how you can earn points. So. One of the biggest ones is sign-up bonuses on the credit card. So just to kind of give you an example, there's two websites that I highly recommend would be, as I said, thepointsguy.com. He has so much information on there. And I stay subscribed to his emails, but I don't read them every single day, all right? So I just want to make that clear. If I'm in the actively like signing up for new credit cards and all of that stuff, then I pay attention a little bit more to it. But for the most part, I'm not reading it every single day that I go through, but I just like to know what's going on. And I do a browse at least every single day. So he sends out a daily email and then the travel hacking cartel. This is a monthly service that you can sign up for and you just get direct emails, a monthly newsletter. And this is run by Chris Gillibo and he's an awesome dude, a good friend of ours. 
We should have him on the podcast one day. That'd be fun. Yeah, we definitely should. So that would be cool because that would be we could ask him these questions. He's on definitely on the ten to eleven spectrum of expert on this. But this is something you can sign up monthly. You just get, and this is pretty easy. We've done it before, and I'm actually about to sign. I'm going to sign up for it again today because before I had it, I wasn't really serious about paying attention to this. But now I'm much more serious on it. But the points guy is great. So if you go to the points guy, so the sign up bonuses, for instance, right? So here's something I'll just use the business on the page. You get these points, right? And so from American Express, they're offering like the business platinum card, for instance, right now is that if you spend, let's see, earn up to 75,000 membership points, you earn 50,000 membership points after you spend $10,000 and an extra 25,000 points after you spend an additional $10,000. Now, this is a very high sign-up point ratio for the American Express Business Platinum because it's also a $450 annual fee. You get all of these other perks and bonuses with it. All right. And so this is just one example of a sign up bonus. Here's another one by Inc. Business Card. You get 80,000 bonus points after you spend $5,000 in the first three months from opening account. Most people that I know are going to spend $5,000 on stuff within the first 90 days. So what usually happens is that I will sign up for, let's just take the Business Inc. card. And they also have a business card and they also have a personal card. All right. So for an example of how you can accumulate bonus signup points very quickly, let's just take an example of Kate and myself right now. Then there's also ink personal cards, right? So what I would end up doing, let's just say, for example, there's 50,000 signup bonuses within the first three months as the example here. So what I would do is I would sign up right now for myself. I would use the card until we get 3000 points in that first 90 days. So then I get 50,000 points. Does that make $3,000? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So the sign up. Yeah. Sorry. It's getting confusing. The sign up bonus is 50,000 points. And that's Chase bonus points, what they're going to give you. Okay. So you have to spend $3,000 in the first 90 days. And I'm going to sign up for a personal card. All right. So I sign up for that. I spend 3000 Let's say I spend $3,000 in the first month. So that gets me 50,000 points. Month number two because Kate and I are married together, we'll sign Kate up on her own personal card. So now she'll spend $3,000 in that first month. So now she has 50,000 points that we can use. So in the first two months, that's 100,000 points that her and I can use together because you can combine these. Like I can transfer points to her. She can transfer points to me via Chase. And then what will happen next is because we have a business, we can use the Inc. business card sign myself up, spend the $3,000 in that next month. So by month three, now we have 50,000 points again. And then by month four, we'll have Kate will sign up as a business card. And then that's another 50,000 points. So within four months, we could accumulate over 200,000 bonus points. Does that make that you following Kate? Okay. So like, that's just one example. Now, what can you do with that? That could be a round trip on maybe one round trip or two round trip in business class or first class, depending on how the points all work out. And the cool thing is with, I'm going to talk about points here and what you can do with the points in a second, but basically that is what a sign up bonus point is. All right. So all these different credit cards, most of them have some sort of membership perks that if you spend a certain amount of money in a certain period of time, usually it's within the first 90 days, you get those bonus points. So the cool part is most airlines have these. So I don't use 
cards that we're using on a regular basis. I'll talk about here in a second. But basically, that would be what sign-up bonus points are. Okay? So the second part of bonus points, or how you accumulate points, is daily spend. So that is something that if I go to the grocery store, spend $100, we get $100 worth of groceries. We also get 100 points that will be into our account once I pay the bill, right? So let's say for the month of June, we accumulate $3,000 on spend on our Chase card, right? Once I pay the bill next month, they will add in the 3,000 points. So you don't actually get the points until the bill's paid off, which makes complete sense, right? Okay, does that make sense, Kate? All right, so that's the daily spend. So as we spend on a daily basis, those points will add up. And that could be what you can use them and you can save them for six months or you can whatever you want to do with them. But you're generating, those are the two. And then there's also referral points. So for instance, like we can refer people to American Express Starwood card. So if you guys need some card referrals, just send me an email at mike at katenorthrop.com. And I will send you our referral code. That way you get 50,000 points and we get like 5,000 points. We should put it in the show notes. We, yeah, we will. Yeah. The issue is we don't have like direct links. Oh, it's so like it's not like an affiliate email. program. I have to actually register. I have to email them I see. the access. So if it's something you want, just send me a message at mike at com if you'd prefer. If not, just go to like the websites that I'm recommending you to. Because these websites, Travel Hacking Cartel, the points guy, how they make money and how they travel so much for free is they also get referral bonuses. So that's what's built into these websites is they have deals with like Chase, American Airlines, etc. So those are really the three types of points that I know that at the level of five out of ten, you know, intermediate that we use. That's how we use it. And I'll keep it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how do you keep this all organized? Like, what's your system to keep track of the cards we have and how many points we have? What do you do? Well, my system is not, I would say, great. But I have another Google spreadsheet. And I have a tab that's called... So I have frequent flyer numbers. The same Google spreadsheet as frequent flyer numbers. That means I have, like, American Airlines, Amtrak, AirTran, like, any of the status programs or loyalty programs we have that has your account numbers, my account numbers and Penelope's account numbers on that spreadsheet on a separate tab in there has the credit card strategy. So what I have there is anytime I do anything with the credit cards, I just go in here. So I have right now I can look at this and say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You have nine total cards, business and personal one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10. And I have 10 total cards. So it's in a spreadsheet, and I just list like Amex, what type of Amex. That would be SPG, the brand. So that would be Starwood or a Chase Inc. card. And then I have the last four digits of what that card is in the spreadsheet, what the APR percentages are for each one of these cards, what is the credit limit for each one of these cards, and then what's the membership fee going on annually. And then everything is due on the first. And then I have the due date to make sure that, let's say, for instance, like one of them might, when I originally sign up, it's going to give me a new due date. And then I'll call and make sure that it's all due on the first of the month. So that's how I keep this organized in here. Now, I don't track like, what's the sign up bonus on that? Because if I signed up for 11 cards at one time, that's crazy. Like, you really, we're really only doing one at a time. To keep it easy for us, it's one, it's like one or two at a time. 
Yeah, like I might sign up for a new business card and a new personal card at the same time. And then I just update the accountant, my bookkeeper, to say, all right, this is my new business card. This one's closed. All right. So I let her know that says, like, I have a new business card. For new personal cards, that's just me and you, you know, so I don't have to do anything there. And just to be clear, we don't use all of those cards. It's just we do the minimum spend to get the sign up bonus and then we don't use them. Correct. Again. So just. That is correct. I don't recommend having 10 credit cards that you're using. That's going to be super confusing. Right. So we'll do, for instance, like I named off the American Express Platinum card earlier with a 50 or 80,000, whatever, 50,000 point bonus. We might use that for the first 90 days and then we'll put it away. But we have one or two cards that we're constantly using that we accumulate and we use a Starwood card on American Express because we're platinum with Starwood. So as we stay at these hotels, we get triple bonus points because we're staying at these hotels. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. So within the daily spend, though, and this is something else to look at regardless of whatever credit card you use, and I'll kind of share with you what our recommendations would be to just start with. On the daily spend, you can also get extra bonus points within each credit card. So for instance, like... If I book anything on AmexTravel.com with my Platinum card, I get 5x the points, right? If the ticket costs $100 to book a flight, I will get 500 points with booking that on AmexTravel.com. With the Chase card, they will have 25% bonus points redeemed for travel through Chase Ultimate Rewards or more rewards for... Let's say if I shop at Office Depot or Office Max, they'll give me bonus points if I spend there. So every credit card, that would be like bonus points with your daily spend. So that's something to pay attention to with your credit card that you decide to use. Just to kind of, you want to really know what the benefits are from all of that credit card. So that's just doing a little bit more research. This isn't complicated. This takes like five minutes. Like you look at the website and say, all right, I have a Chase Inc. business card. What are my bonuses that I get? So with American Express Platinum, I try to book all of our travel. If I'm paying cash for a ticket and not using points, all of that travel will be booked through amextravel.com because I know I'm going to get 5x the points. But that's really the only thing I use that card for plus paying our taxes quarterly because then we get 5x the bonus points on that because we spent over $5,000 to pay our taxes. So the points actually, when I do the percent calculation, it's actually greater than what the fee would be at this moment based off what we're paying quarterly for our taxes to use a credit card to pay our taxes. But we already have the money in the bank to pay our taxes, so I just transfer it to pay the credit card off so that it's not actually carried. So these are just different things to think about. And it took me probably, I mean, I've been doing this now for probably three years. And I would say it took me in the year I was like kind of lost. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But you just kind of figure it out as I'm, I just keep reading more and more on this so I get a little bit better. All right. So that's the type of points. Is there any follow-up questions that you have regarding that, Kate? No. That makes sense. Okay. So what happens when I go to book a trip, right? So like, let's talk about just booking a trip. And then the last thing I'll do is kind of the recommended cards to start. So like the beginner starter guide. And I know like the points guy and Chris Gilbo do a great job on this. They're the guides, like things that they have put together, like are really good at that, but I'll kind of give you what I'm doing as well on this. So let's just say when I'm booking a trip, what do I end up doing? So one thing I do is I look at what my point statuses are. 
So our frequent points, like where we have them, would be starwood.com. So because of our Starwood card. And then also Chase. So I log into my Chase account on both yours and mine to see how many total points we have on that. Because the cool thing with like Chase and even Starwood, I shared earlier, we got those bonus 15,000 points. If I transfer 20,000 points to outside of Starwood to an airline company like JetBlue or something. So let's say, because I can take Starwood points and transfer that into an airline. They'll give you, if you transfer 20,000 points, they give you an additional 5,000 bonus points for every 20,000 you transfer. So for this trip that I just booked Ellicottville, I transferred 60,000 points outside of Starwood to Delta for us to fly on Delta, and it gave me additional 15,000 points. So I knew that in my calculation. So I knew I needed 75,000 points to book the ticket on Delta for us three. You don't have to necessarily, if you're accumulating Starwood points, that does not mean you have to use it to book your hotel within Starwood. So Chase is the same thing. Chase has a bunch of travel partners. I know Virgin's one of them. So when I booked that trip to London, I transferred points from Chase to Virgin, and that's how I ended up getting our free flights. And usually Starwood takes like two days to transfer the points. Chase happens immediately. Like it's like as soon as I hit transfer, it shows up in the account, which is cool. And then also multiple other like Marriott is another hotel you can do transfers to stuff like that. Yeah. So you can do those are travel partners that it chooses to partner with. And you can also do that with hotels. So we needed the Hyatt Hotel in Salt Lake City. So I transferred points from our Chase account into Hyatt and I was able to book. So what I do is I run Within Chase itself, you can try to book the hotel through there. But for me to book the hotel through the Hyatt, so you can pull up the travel on both of these platforms. So that's something I always look at when I'm booking these things to say, if this is a hotel, for instance, or a plane, I'll go to Google Flights, google.com forward slash flights. I'll look at how much it's going to cost to do there. So I look at what's the best times for us. So that's how I go about booking this stuff is I look at, okay, do we want to wake up at four o'clock, three 30 in the morning to catch an early flight to go to like Buffalo? No, that would be a little miserable to do that with Penelope. So, and even ourselves, like we don't care to wake up that early. So what we end up doing is I find something. So I'll probably find two or three airlines that work with times that I want. And I literally have this on a notebook and I just write down, on my daily notebook I use. So I have it listed here for our Chicago trip. I have on 8.13, we want to fly from Portland, Maine to Chicago. 8.16, I want to fly from Chicago to Salt Lake City. 8.20, I want to fly from Salt Lake City to Chicago. And then I just go to Google Flights and I start mapping out. So I put the picture of what our deal things would be. So American Airlines, there's two flights. There's one at 6 o'clock in the morning, gets in at 10.50. There's another one at 10.37 that gets in at 2.00. And there's one at United that goes from 625 and gets in at 813. So that's how I would map out my airline travel. So I'd write all this stuff down and then I would go to Kate and I'd be like, okay, these are our options. What's ideal for you? And then we kind of plan it out. What would be the ideal for both of us? And then we pick one. So then I'm like, okay, so I have American Airlines is what I want to travel on or United would be the two options that I would kind of look at it there and say, where do we have those points? So what I end up doing is go to Chase. Great, Chase, I can transfer points directly to United. So I go to united.com and I say, I wanna book this flight using points. And it says it's 10,000 points each way, right? For each person. And so I'm like, great, so I need 30,000 points. And so I just go to Chase, back to Chase, and I say, Chase to United, 30,000 points. Once they're transferred to United, I go book the flight. Does that make sense? Was that easy to follow? Yeah. Okay, 
So with Chase, they have the travel partner. And then with American Express Platinum, you can have travel partners. Like every credit card usually has something. As I said, I'm going to give you like our recommended resources. That makes it really easy. And so for instance, like right now, because we've been platinum with Starwood and we've done a ton of Starwood stays this year, but now they're owned by Marriott. Now I can transfer points between Starwood and Marriott very easily. So it's just learning these type of things as you're going along. So what I ended up doing, I'll just review this again for airline travel. I go to google.com forward slash flights. I never usually book, and I don't know that much about like Expedia or like Kayak or something like that. I haven't found that they're any cheaper. Like I use it for searching. I don't actually book through those websites. They're not any cheaper that I've found. I never do like the mixed things. You can say like, I'm going to book this thing for $170, but I don't know which airlines I'm going to show up on. Like for me that I need to have a flight. I need to know when that flight's going to be, and I need to know what airline that's going to be because I usually want to book with points. So like all the guessing game, I really take that out of the situation. I really put concrete plan in place here. So if I go to google.com forward slash flights. I do a search of what day I want to travel. What is the ideal time I want to do that? And if it's like a crazy, like there's going to be some flights that are going to be like $170 and there's going to be other ones that are like $400 or $500, right? Most of the time I'm probably staying away from those. I would like to go on the cheaper end of stuff. And then I just map it out on a piece of paper, what day it is, what works with my time, and then figure out where my points are at that moment. Because for us, they're constantly changing. Like whether it's Starwood points or Chase points or whatever that may be. And then I just go and I transfer the points from what those credit cards would be. Or if I had them in the airlines, because I used a, let's say, United card to get the sign up bonuses, then I'll just book it with the points that way. That's how this happens. I usually look at one ways for the most part, because most of the time I'm using different airlines to go to and from the destinations based off price, timing, and the points that I have available. Awesome. So now with hotels, it's the same type of thing. So with Chase, I can transfer to like Marriott or different hotel properties. But as I said, with status, like we have with Starwood, we're mainly staying on Starwood properties because we can also use from the point standpoint. All right. So I think that pretty much sums it up. I hope that is clear for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I'd say if you have further questions, please go over to katenorthup.com forward slash podcast. And on this episode, there will be a post that's this specific episode and you could leave questions in the comments there and Mike can get in there and answer them specifically if there were any follow-up questions you have. Yeah. Or email me at Mike at KateNorthrop.com. So whatever, both of those are, are great. And I'll just kind of give you a place of where to start, put it that way. So the easiest thing to do to start would be, I really like Starwood points because they're very high value of a what I talked about that dollar to point ratio they're ranked very high on the points guys monthly valuation because you can also transfer those out to other airlines and get massive bonuses so American Express has a Starwood card and you can just start there and I think the annual fee is reasonable it's like $95 so it's much different than the American Express Platinum that I shared earlier and I think the sign up bonus right now is 25,000 points which is great. And then even any Chase card, like a Chase Inc. are really good. Chase Preferred Sapphire. If you want a more higher-end card, Chase Reserve. Those annual fees are about $450. Like the Chase Reserve, American Express Platinum has a higher annual fee. But if you want to keep your annual fees low, which I recommend in the beginning, is you could just look at the Chase Inc. cards. 
right? And I think, let me see what the points guy has going on here, what he recommends. And then there's also these for businesses. I'm keeping it personal right now. And yeah, the Chase Sapphire Preferred card gives you 50,000 points. I like the Chase cards because any brands of Chase, because you can transfer those to multiple travel partners. But then there's a city, like for instance, a city, if you fly a lot on American Airlines, Right now, there's a 60,000-mile current offer on signing up for their Advantage card. So that's something you can do, and that's a big increase from the standard offer of 30,000 miles. So that's something if you spend it within probably the first 90 days, then you get 60,000 American Airlines points. Those points go directly in American Airlines, and then for me, I stop using that card because I want points flexibility versus being locked in. So I get the 60,000 miles, and then I'll go switch and use something else like the Chase card. On a monthly basis for Kate and myself, what we use is the American Express Starwood card. That's our main business card. That's what I use pretty much all the time. So for business, I like to have an American Express, and then I also like to have a Visa or a MasterCard because not everybody accepts American Express. So for that, we have the Inc. business Chase card would be what that is. And then for my personal cards, I'm using a preferred Chase Preferred Sapphire for pretty much like our groceries and all of our needs and stuff like that is what I use on a monthly basis because that way it gives me the point flexibility that I talked about earlier. And this has changed since we've had Penelope because before we were pretty rigid with how we used our points, but now it's about how can I get to a destination without spending extra cash, right? So... I mean, that kind of sums up the whole thing. That's the beginner place to start. I would look at the points guy, and you can go down his recommended list, or you just start with like something simple, like the Chase Sapphire Preferred card, which is a personal, and then even the American Express Starwood card that you can get as a personal or a business. Yeah, and just start there. Those are great places to start. And then as you're learning how those, and if you max that out, if you want to continue this process going, let's say you do that right now, and in three months from now, you've got both of those taken care of and then you can move on to something else you know sign up for another sign up bonus and that's what we've ended up doing the past couple of years there's been a lot of now we're doing it more like once a year but before it was like okay as soon as we get done with maxing out this one we get another one because we knew we had a lot to travel with the honeymoon etc so i wanted to make sure we could get as many points as we possibly could now i know one question people will always ask is like how does this affect your credit score Right. So what I learned at the Frequent Traveler University, if I apply to like three chase cards in one day, so let's say it's a business and personal cards all in one day, the way they count that. Now, don't hold me to this. This is what I was told, and I'm not 100% sure on this. But what they say is if you apply to three in one day, that counts as one ding like on your credit. Because every time somebody looks at your credit, it like knocks down your credit, which is crazy to me. I don't understand that at all. Like, why is someone researching my credit score going to knock down my credit score? It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is a ridiculousness. But basically, I'm not that concerned about it. As long as we have credit cards, if I pay them off every month, I don't let them be late. That's the key. You don't want them to be late. Make your credit card payments on time. It continually rebuilds your credit. So I'm constantly rebuilding my credit. And my credit was ruined because I ended up with $32,000 in credit card debt. And that's a longer story. But I've rebuilt it over the past couple of years. And Kate's already had really, really good credit. And my credit score now that I've been rebuilding it over the last two to three years is almost up to her level, which it never was before. It was always like 150 to 200 points lower than what yours was. But now, because I've been spending a lot of time just kind of rebuilding it, it's come back up, which has been great. So 
that sums it up. And let me know if you guys have any questions. And hopefully that was informative. And onwards to free travel, people. Woohoo! Thanks, hon. And we'll see you next time. And if you have any other questions, like I said, Mike at KateNorthrup.com. And then also KateNorthrup.com forward slash podcast. We'll have all the show notes of every website that we mentioned. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrop.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.